slide 14, which they're not numbered on your paper, but there's three per page, so you can probably figure it out. I'm not sure about you, but every time our bishop comes, I just have my mouth hanging open thinking, I never told him what I was talking about. And here he is talking about baptism. <laughs> I mean, it just is so wonderful to see what the Holy Spirit can do. So I'm going to pick up a few of the things that Archbishop said and kind of weave them in here because they so connect. Um, and I just want to share something that's so amazing um, from one of our participants. Lene Becker, uh, who had to leave, left uh, with permission because a most amazing um, event in her life occurred. Lene said to me, I'm going to, I've just met my brothers and sisters for the first time. And then she began to describe this wonderful process in which she discovered her whole family that she never knew because she was adopted. And so her brother's driving into town and he came a little early. So she's just left to go meet him. But she has three sisters and she was obviously so amazingly excited, you know. And, I mean, there's all kinds of other wonderful details she would be glad to share with you, I'm sure. And her table knows a little more. Where, where's her table? Yeah, so you know how absolutely extraordinary this is. But what really I thought was so special was um, we've said that in baptism we become children of God. And yet we're not conceived as children of God. We're not in that family. And suddenly... And you hear it all the time. God adopts us. I mean, we literally are adopted. And the consequences of being adopted in the family of God are all that we've talked about this morning. And they're pretty amazing. And to pick up now and just say, we're going to say, Archbishop talked about you have to have the goal. And you need to have a plan and know what the path is. And that's exactly what we're talking about. It's basically... We've got to be really sure that we know what the goal is. Otherwise, we'll be all over the place and not really understand. And I would say, without a doubt, the ultimate goal, which you heard it with Archbishop's talk over and over, the ultimate goal, think about what you think I'm going to say. <laughs> if you think about it, the ultimate goal of our existence, really, is union with God. That's what we were created for. That's what will make us happy. And that's where we're headed. And the ultimate goal right on this earth to get us there is that we be in union with his plan, which was that we come to know the one whom he sent, Jesus Christ. And if we do that, and how many times did you get it? I kept saying, yes, yes. Archbishop, how many times did he encourage you are you praying every day? It wouldn't, it wouldn't it be just the most tragic thing. And you say, yeah, I try, but then it never happens. And I try, and it doesn't happen. Is it because you're trying all by yourself? Are you forgetting to say, dear God, I want to pray every day, but I'm not doing it. Please, send me your help. And do you ever talk to your guardian angel? They're actually quite influential. <laughs> I mean, I would recommend that heartily. So obviously I know that looking across this room, each one of you has that longing in your heart and you know it's critical. It is so critical. We're just saying this over and over again in how many ways and God is saying it to you. And that whole question that arose about commitments and how many commitments, if your commitments are so many that you have to say, today I can't pray, then you've done it. You've just about killed yourself, you know? I mean, it's just suicide. So... Just know the most fundamental goal that Archbishop talked about and that is mine and which is on the, the brochure for the lay formation, the top goal, the central goal is your union with Christ. And when we met with the priests and we asked, or they asked us, well, so what are they going to be trained to do? And we said, nothing. Because it's not about what you do. It's about who you are. And today, my presentation, and I saw it in Archbishops, is about who we are. And there with Lene Becker, as she went off to visit 
part of her family she never knew before. That's what we're doing. We're finding out about part of our family we never knew before. And the biggest part that makes all the difference is to know God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit because that is the family we were brought into. Amazing. So we're talking right now about our participation and the participation in the, mis- in the mission is in two parts. And this next section always amazes people. You'll be shocked, I think. As we participate in the mission, which is the mission of coming to Christ ourselves but bringing others along by accompanying them, that mission is accomplished first and foremost by the word that's bigger, the word worship. And you might be thinking, but really? And this is why the church can say, yes, our participation will come through worship. And as an aside, I will say to you, if you've ever wondered why in this whole day from 8.45 to 4 do we spend so much time in prayer? I mean, really. Couldn't we get a lot more done? Couldn't we have a lot more talks? Couldn't you do many other things? Sure you could. Sure we could. Again, we would be totally dynamiting, ruining and destroying the whole point. Because by acquaintance with all the different ways of prayer, then obviously you will be more useful in being able to enter into all different kinds of prayer and help other people. So it is an interesting thing, but worship is first for a lot of reasons, and here we go on why. There's nothing greater, and no other action of the church can equal its efficacy. The word efficacy would be coming like the word effect, you know? So meaning, what comes from worship? What is received and what is going on? There isn't anything to match it. That is rather a major claim. It's right there on the slide. And it's every liturgical celebration is what we call worship. So what we did, liturgy, the hours, morning, evening, we're already entering into, we, we are worshiping. And when we're worshiping, what are we doing? We're saying, I know who I am, and I don't fully know who you are, God, but I know you're God. You are my creator. My life is in your hands. This whole world is in your hands. And I'm standing here before you as your creature and just saying, wow, you are something. You are merciful. You are loving. You are patient. You are all good things. And I am the opposite. And yet you love me. And worship is your moment to have this exchange with God. And that's what builds your relationship with him. Every single liturgical celebration is that. And what is it? Well, it's an action of Christ the priest. So that was Liturgy of the Hours. We said he is the main head of this action, that prayer. It's also, though, the action of his body, the church, and that's us. And in that image earlier that had the rays of light streaming down, we have this amazing capacity to participate with Christ, literally speaking to the Father, praising him, thanking him, begging forgiveness for those that don't even know how to say, I'm sorry. And it is, actually, this is an amazing thing. It's a sacred action that surpasses absolutely all others. And I just threw the red in here to say, please take note. There isn't anything else the church can do that equals that efficacy. Now, what are, what are we saying? Well, what does the church do? I think I would need about a mile-long pass and write on this path. What does the church do? The church teaches people. The church feeds people, the church helps medically assist people, the church and the list goes on and on the church helps people that are in trouble with their housing, all of that goes on and we take part in that in one way or another but this says that worship which you'd say, you mean like sitting in church somewhere or in your home praying I mean Is it really true? How can it be true? And if I say, yes, it's true, then you've got to say, well, then what in the world is it? Because i got to know more than that to believe it. And what it is, is this. And that's why there isn't anything that could possibly surpass worship. Because every single one of us needs redemption. 
Yes, we were freed from original sin, but every morning when we wake up or when we go to bed at night, we remember our sins, we beg God's forgiveness, we need redemption over and over. Now, there are persons who are part of the Protestant church, different um, parts of the church, you know, and whether they're Methodist or other religions, Lutherans, and some will claim Jesus Christ died on the cross and I believe it and I believe he's the savior but I also believe he did it once and that's it I mean he did it and he rose but I don't get this part and this is what is very truly Catholic and we have this teaching not because somebody invented it but because the Holy Scriptures contain it and we have it through Jesus' teaching here this statement the liturgy which means this morning at morning prayer that prayer had a power to bring about salvation not only to ourselves but to others meaning by little increments for us we become closer and closer to Christ and here the ultimate now liturgy can be any of the sacraments public worship of the church but the par excellence the top of the list is the Eucharist now why the, the Eucharist is at the top I'll tell you right here these are the effects of the Eucharist in general which are grace is poured on us and you say it sounds like a commodity you know that you dole out but it's not it's an ever greater participation in God's life by greater and greater increments you're more a radiant witness to Christ that people can pick up without a word that you say also in the Eucharist the sanctification of men occurs our sins our venial sins are taken away when we are worshiping in the Eucharist really with reverence and with sorrow for our sins our venial sins God is glorified that's the part where we say wow you are God I am just your creature but I know you called me and I know you love me and I know you want to be in relationship to me and I glorify you I praise you for that and so that is the one thing I didn't say to you about worship that is still coming is all of that happens because of what's going on at the Eucharist and so here this I'll just give you a little preview but we say we know that the Eucharist brings salvation but but how could that happen well it's because of what goes on we know this is the reality of what happens when we started liturgy of the hours this morning oh God comes to my assistance I would say it's like in being in one of those sports stones you know where the cover the whole top goes back and you see the sky and you say or when the priest at mass says in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit at that point you are no longer just here the only way I could put it is to say you've got one foot in heaven you really do because of Jesus you're joined to him well where is he he's at the right hand of the Father we know that for sure if you're united with him that's where you are that means you're with all the saints in heaven all the unknown saints many people surely whom you've loved it's all there and this picture is lovely I think because of the vision of all these people for whom Christ died and the list is endless of how many he died for it's everybody there isn't any exception now to say let's see I'm going to go to this to say that the Eucharist is two things the previous slide was that the Eucharist is the font this one we have it is the goal in both I lost my place in both cases the Eucharist is the font which would mean every single thing you need in your life is there for you you cannot name something that you will not gain that's good for you that won't be given to you in the Eucharist if you present yourself and you you may say God I really need this now there could be a day when God thinks you know what you think that's good for you but I know it isn't I absolutely am sure it isn't so then you find your prayer was not answered the way you hoped it would be but it was answered because he cares about you 
the, the Eucharist is the summit is saying the other side it's the font meaning everything you need but it's the summit because you remember where it said every action no other action of the church is greater than it is it's because the purpose of our existence and the purpose of our life is accomplished as we are participating with Christ in the Eucharist and what is he doing he's doing exactly what he did on the cross and you know and I know that when the priest at the altar takes what is bread and wine and says the words of consecration and the priest says this is my body given for you and this is my blood poured out for you you know what happens it really truly is Christ it's not like a symbol of Christ it's not like it makes us think of Christ what the priest holds in his hand is literally Jesus Christ there's the crux of why the Eucharist is so incredibly powerful that is why salvation comes from the Eucharist why? because it's Christ and Christ just to be in his presence like with baptism that picture where the, the light was shining through the person just to be in his presence transforms redeems cleanses all the good things occur because you're with him his mission that the father sent him for was to save all of us from original sin and from damnation and get us to heaven give us every option every possibility to get to heaven so with the redeemer and the savior right there on the altar that is why we can say that in the Eucharist this is the reality that is there Christ pouring out salvation and the beauty of it is the people standing around there as we think of them as baptized it's you and you actually do bring about the salvation of others and we hear the priest say it and I've read another time at lay formation I've read this to you One of the, there's prayers in the mass that are so beautiful and I have one right here that says here's the priest saying he says God in your kindness accept these gifts that's just before when they're only bread and wine accept these your servants offerings that's everybody's offerings the priest but ours accept them that what each has offered to the honor of your name may serve the salvation of all there it is in the book not once many many times over take a missalette someday and get to church early and just start reading through the canon of the mass or pick up your magnificat or any other missal that you have and see how many times in the prayer from the holy 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 until the our father over and over again you find out it's we or they not just the priest talking but he's he's saying just this may what you offer be for the salvation of all if that isn't an amazing reality and that is why the church can say that worship is more important most important even over all that we know we must do but if we get the cart around you know in the wrong direction and we put the horse at the other end it just isn't going to work because what's going to happen you're going to go to witness and you're going to be like a vessel and there's nothing in it and gradually people come to catch on you know it's like the power and the life that Christ can give you if it's not there because you haven't gone and you haven't recognized that you're not doing this alone that it's his mission then it will not be effective but let me tell you each one of us the Eucharist is the powerhouse some of you have written in your many times back evaluations that you wish we would have mass here for lay formation and I can tell you in the deepest heart of my heart I would love to do that there is no way physically that I can conceive of getting you here any earlier than you come or keeping you here any later and I don't we've prayed a lot about this but we cannot imagine that we can figure a way that that would be a possibility 
as a part of the whole picture and yet we say oh my gosh it's the most important thing we do and I do go before I get here I've, I go over on Jameson to St. Raphael's but it's early so if you're coming from far it's hopeless you know I go to a 7 o'clock mass and then we used to have a mass here right right next door and unfortunately Curry Bars canceled the 8 o'clock mass on Saturday and we know it's because of shortage of priests funerals weddings and everything else they have to celebrate and then the mass in the evening and they can only say so many masses but I just want to acknowledge your desire which I can only say more power to you um, I just I would encourage you to look and see if you can find anywhere on the way but I realize that is not always at all possible if you've never heard of anything called spiritual communion it's worth investigating I think I've talked about it because it's real you can pray to God when you absolutely can't be at Mass that he will unite you and you know the good prayer of Jesus through the Immaculate Heart of Mary I offer you my prayers, works, joys and sufferings of this day in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world for the salvation of souls I think I gave you that card once some of you pasted it on your bathroom mirror I heard which is a great place to put it so so we just said right now what is it that makes worship such a big deal so to speak I mean what is it that makes it so extraordinary that the church would make such claims this is a kind of an amazing um, comment that I'll share with you that I again there's a lot of surprises I think in this section here we have I have to find the slide I'm sorry I, here we go okay the, the liturgy we said it was the font here's how it's the font it's very very active the liturgy moves the faithful doesn't shoot you out of your seat but it definitely interiorly nudges you and if you haven't noticed if you look and think about yourself in the first year of lay formation and then you think about what you wrote on the end of the second year your reflections which were absolutely awesome in my book and you say wow how did this person get from here to there and in what was written you see this amazing little history of how the person began to pray more and the next thing you know like the husband says you know what you listen better or somebody else says I don't feel judged by you anymore and you say well how do those things happen you probably didn't grunt and groan and just try to not judge anymore but because Jesus is more and more in you through your prayer through all that you've then putting into action changes start to happen so moves the faithful it really does and it's not just all of it overnight but the, in the liturgy it prays and draws us into the compelling love of Christ so what happens is it's like a, a happy takeover never apart from your own free will but when Jesus sees you welcome him he's there and that is the delight and sets them on fire and you say really? yes it's really real and I mean we see it in you we hope you see it in yourselves because you're not the people who showed up here in September the first year when we began I mean it's the most glorious thing to thank God for so we just are very grateful this, these images somebody asked me a couple of you they come from a website in England called radiantlight.org there are hundreds of images which all were paintings done by a woman who just died a year ago and they're just amazing for me because she really had a heart and prayed and knew what was going on so I use this image with this title because the gift of salvation that comes from the Eucharist because Christ is there and this pouring down the downward action just is such a lovely manifestation of the fact that this is always at every Eucharist and you say oh my goodness when I go to church I, I guess I want to be more attuned to know and realize this is what's happening the other part of it is that not only have we the salvation by worship but the other side that I mentioned to you which is that we recognizing that we're creatures recognizing God is God we say dear God thank you like St. Augustine oh happy fault that won for us such a savior 
Someone in this group wrote on their reflection last week, last month, that they were especially taken during the Angelus by one line, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Amazing. It's really true. And we pray that anytime we pray the Angelus. But this praise is, the catechism is filled with um, beautiful descriptions of this right at the beginning of the part two on the sacraments. If you look, you'll see um, a description of worship and what it actually achieves. So we're here looking, just as a kind of a summary, the Vatican Council, time of St. John the 23rd, in the 60s, gathering. They were all set to start and talk first about the church. And at the last minute, they changed everything and turned the boat around in the middle of the course and said, you know what? We've got to start with the liturgy. We can't start anywhere else. Very much like what I'm telling you right now. If we don't put worship first and really know that that's the source of everything, then we don't know who we are as the church. And so participation in the liturgy is what this is about. Our participation, everyone's baptized. So the church desires that the faithful, all of us disciples, be led to participation, to a full conscious active participation in liturgical celebrations. Their right and duty by reason of their baptism. Those two words are interesting. That it is your right, you're entitled to do that, you're baptized to do it because we are made a priestly people and you share in Christ's priesthood. And it's a duty. So I wrote you in my memo. The memo is saying, you know, as Catholics, we go to church, we go to Mass on Holy Days of Obligation, and the church asks us to. You could say, isn't it too bad she has to? But at least the church says, on a few days in the year, we're asking you to take part in liturgy, which is your right. And hopefully duty won't seem like just a burden. Risa asked a question of Archbishop. If you remember, she asked Archbishop about, you know, like the distinction between like the laity and others, uh, like the word disciples and all of that. And I thought, well, I'm going to get to that. Basically, the document of Vatican Council on the church itself, Lumen Gentium, which is quoted endlessly in the catechism and that you would probably be very able to read since you've been in and out of the catechism, has a whole chapter on the laity. That's you. And you say, so as religious, we're not really laity. And priests, deacons, they're not laity either. So what the church saw was that there's something unique about being a layperson and something incredibly um, important and a great treasure for the good of the church because of where you are and what you do. And you enter into places and meet people that we wouldn't necessarily meet. So that means that the mission is very dependent on you in many, many realms. And this is just a few little, you know, secular nature, which would mean not religious, something just very um, worldly in the sense of it could be getting food to people, it could be helping with finances, any kind of a realm that has nothing much, it seems, to do with religion. But you're out there and you're talking to people and they might know that you're Catholic. Secular and also living in the world. Whatever you do, it's just a kind of a general idea. All the laity share in the mission. I love this picture because it shows how we share in the mission. All those people huddled around the Lord for me are a lovely sign of that incorporation that we talked about. The fact that you are joined to Jesus and as you're joined to him, that powerful transformation in you begins at baptism and please God will never end until the moment that you meet Christ face to face. And as you are incorporated, transformed, you begin, you just do participate in your own way. And so this next slide just says well how first of all you're entitled to this is what it means about this is your right as laity Christ gives you a share in his priestly function to offer spiritual worship that's the top of the list for the glory of God and the salvation of men and we said it my favorite catechism paragraph in all the world <laughs> is this 901 which has this wonderful list 
of all the different ways that really you as lady share in the priestly office of Jesus and you say really and as we look at that all of it you say but some of it doesn't seem very religious right but yet it's part of what you have to do and so you see the whole list your works your prayers everything apostolic you know would be any kind of work to bring the gospel to people you're a married life just being patient with somebody at home that is a work daily occupations whatever they are all and it's really nice to see relaxation stuck in here you know that it's like that's part of life we get that too as religious or priests too too but just to say that your your whole life as normal as it could be is all part of what God expects of you the only condition of it all you notice is underlined and I heard Archbishop speaking the same thing to you today where it says if carried out in the spirit he was talking about commitments and how many commitments you make and he was saying depending on what you know if you're if you're responsible for a family or there are people at home I mean you you have to weigh all these things this if carried out in the spirit all of this become spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ remember the image of Jesus on the cross with his arms out so what you do can become a spiritual sacrifice acceptable to God through Jesus and so this reality is truly you in your whole life and then the last line of this paragraph from 901 and you may some of you might even remember it is basically saying and I have it right here to show you so I might as well just do that these sacrifices together with the offering of the Lord's body so that puts us at mass right at the Holy Eucharist these sacrifices that whole list that you just looked at and everything you can talk about or think about that all of those sacrifices are fittingly offered in the celebration of the Eucharist if they're done in the spirit and this is kind of interesting as those who adore in holy activity there was a moment today when Archbishop said you know you're praying all the time right? we hope you are meaning you're really in communication with God you just stay connected and you keep working every day to stay more connected and so those who adore meaning you know God is God and you're in some situation and you really rely on him and you're in communication with him for sure this is the wonderful thing I remember the first time I read this I really did get goosebumps I said my goodness the laity consecrate the world itself to God this was written by the bishops of the world at the second Vatican council and I thought my goodness isn't that something awesome you as a priestly people can literally make holy the world by your presence and you can transform the world around you that is some wonderful thing it's like that's who you are that's what your potential is and so now just take a look here when do I end 25 after 235 thank you we're into the very last section so we've looked we've looked at the fact that we're incorporated and bound to Christ we've looked at what a transformation comes in us by baptism even more by Eucharist and that we by this transformation and our union with Christ are just already participating and in many ways but we saw that the participation above all that really matters is the one that keeps taking us closer and closer to Christ which just helps us to become a disciple so capable and so powerful that we will be able to do the last word on this page here which is to witness so our participation in the, mis- in the mission would be like two types of action you could say the action could be words and it can be actual activity could be something without words but somebody just watching you it's already a witness to Christ by whatever you're doing it's like the saint of today who took care of the poor St. Martin de Porres I mean many times he wouldn't have spoken to anyone but he was helping 
and making people really know they were loved by God. So he was in very much powerfully into actions. So we're, the title of this whole day was Disciples Called to Mission. Disciples Called to Mission don't have to feel like, oh my gosh, how in the world am I going to do this? It's rather, the Lord is just saying, I'm just here, we're doing this together. And isn't it indeed a joyful and wondrous reality that we can do it together? Because Jesus could say to you, I've gone to heaven, I'm leaving it, I entrust it in your hands, and I just don't want you to worry because I'm with you all days till the end of the world. And so this participation by witness, I like this picture, another one by the same lady. Elizabeth Wang is her name. We participate by our witness. So we're thinking it's words or it's deeds. And I think there are days, that's you in the front. You know, and there are days when it seems like really heavy. You know, when truly, oh, sorry, thank you. There are days when that bearing witness can really cost you a lot. And at that point, what it costs you is part of those sacrifices we just talked about that get put on the altar. And they go to the Father with Jesus for the salvation of the world. Back to Retha's question. Is, you know, is there something special in terms of the laity? And there is. There's a particular special mission entrusted to the laity. And this first statement is wonderful. To make the church present. You don't probably that often think of yourself as the church. But you are. And so you literally, when you make the church present, that means you make Christ present. And we can turn it around and say, if you make Christ present, you're doing that. Even without knowing it. And this is very seriously acknowledged. That you're going to be making the church present and fruitful where nobody else can do it. Absolutely. If you don't do it, it's not going to get done. Because it's only through you. And the church can become the salt of the earth. So every lay person is a witness and a living instrument. And it's an instrument, here's the goal, the mission of the church. And you say, well, what's the mission of the church? Well, what was the mission of Christ? What did the Father send him for? Basically, it was salvation. Salvation in order that we could be united to him. So that this wonderful relationship could really open up again. So every single person is a witness and an instrument of this mission of the church. Now, just checking. More just trying to sort out. So what separates you from priests, from deacons, from religious? Well, you, and this, this little phrase which comes out of the document on the church, Lumen Gentium, you, the laity, are led by the spirit of the gospel. What does that mean? Spirit of the gospel is ultimately the mission of Jesus. Because the gospel, remember way back, do you remember Father Kriegshauser, the big tall Benedictine? And he talked about the kerygma, you know, the ultimate basic message of salvation, which is the message of the gospel. Remember the images with the rays coming down and all those people. Well, the spirit of the gospel is calling every person who exists to come to the Father through Christ. So the laity, you yourselves, you're unique. And it's pretty wonderful. And this whole reformation program is basically to, you could say, activate and get going in terms of just who you really are, who you maybe never thought about. And what will you be doing? And where will you be doing it? And you can see in the world. And you know about bread making, about the idea of leaven or yeast. You know, you put that yeast in. And I tell you, it's something fun to watch if you've ever seen anybody make bread. That's basically the reality of your presence when you're with people. Whether they're non-believers or people that have just fallen away. And what are you doing? Well, you're working for the sanctification of the world and to bring Christ. And how do you do it? It's all that in 901 there, which was, this is a summary of it, but the testimony of a life of faith. Here comes another really favorite image, which will show us, I think, how we witness in word and deed. 
how are the light I wonder how the lighting is I think it's good enough because of those screens you can see what I really love in this slide you see way at the top of the cliff that's you with your arms out but I noticed do you see are you able to see the white figure behind you it's like there's the crooks of it all that's what would make the success of the way formation program that a person who comes having taken three years of this formation will know that that's how you don't fall off the cliff but more than that that's how you stand there able to have this wonderful effect and it's the most beautiful thing it's like our Bishop talked about the focus groups you know and how it just grows and grows but it's the reality and this quote at the bottom which you see the catechism paragraph which is quoting from a document from the Vatican Council on the laity specifically on the laity so there's some place you might like to go to is to that Vatican document called Apostolicum Actuositatum but if you just you can find that title in the back of your catechism just find AA in the list of Vatican documents and you'll see the whole document but look at this quote it says the whole success of your activity depends upon hello what your living union with Christ so in a thousand ways the message is always there that ultimately your union with Christ will bring about more than you ever longed for your union with Christ will ultimately lead you to be with God forever for all eternity but you won't go alone this is what it'll look like it's a pretty wonderful thing and just you say hmm I guess I need more of the virtue of hope in myself and I know I need more faith because I have to really believe this because this, this everything that I'm saying to you is the result of the church's pondering about herself and especially above all it comes straight from the Lord himself in the scriptures So this is, a, this is literally a summary. Archbishop said you have to know the goal. It'd be very hard to get there if you don't. And the path. And the basic goal is to ultimately lead people to Christ. That's why Jesus came. Jesus came to lead us to the Father. Did you ever notice all the prayers in church? through our Lord Jesus Christ your son that's what you always hear right and who are we talking to in the prayer though so we'll say um, almighty father da 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 whatever it is through our Lord Jesus Christ your son so the prayers are always addressed to the father the whole liturgy you'll find an exception at times like in the prayer of the faithful but in the actual mass itself we talk to the father because it's Christ talking and the priest on our behalf is saying through our Lord Jesus Christ your son who lives and reigns with you father in the unity of the Holy Spirit we say that over and over and over again and it is literally this is the only way we're going to be able to achieve the mission that we have as disciples which is the one that Jesus had and the father sent Jesus and he grew in Mary's womb and he lived our life and he did it all just because the father loved us so much the son loves the father so much and ultimately when we consider this we have this wonderful font of love that is the trinity and they dwell within us and we say well then so what's what's blocking it I love father Wick's image about the monkeys I just thought that was so great and we were invited you know to just ponder well what are these obstacles what am I holding on to Archbishop's question today do you ever ask God is there something we ought to be talking about that I'm just not bringing up I thought his questions were phenomenal just before you went upstairs I hope you had them so you know you just said wow I'm set for adoration I know what I'm going to talk about it was really really powerful I'm going to what have I got now 10 minutes 
15 minutes. All right. Basically, I'm going to move through these slides to summarize this, but just remind ourselves that the goal that we have, whether um, you as the laity, me as a religious, or Archbishop as an ordained servant of the people of God, all of us, it's the mission that Jesus received from the Father. Jesus didn't find every aspect of that mission too simple. I mean, there was a day when he wept over Jerusalem. He went into the agony in the garden and he wept again so bad that he began, that his tear, uh, the sweat came out like blood, we are told, in the gospel. So we know it wasn't always simple. But Jesus, Jesus knew the goal. Jesus knew what he was earning for us all. And then as we were baptized, we were baptized into the reality of sharing that with him and participating in that salvation of others for the whole world. I'm going to go. And this basically, I'm going to just, I just summed this up in order that I didn't run out of time. But we know Jesus is continuing his work through you, but he doesn't just leave you like, good luck, I'll see you around but vivifies you with the spirit and urges you on and the more you pray the more you get those little gentle urges and ultimately it's his mission so there's three ways we participate with Christ in his mission you know these this is in the catechism and basically it's in a priestly way especially in the sacrifice of the mass in every aspect of your life that you offer up as a sacrifice but you also you also participate in the mission of Christ which was also as a prophet and there are ways and it doesn't have to be with your words that you do bring to people a message and sometimes it's amazing how it shouts at them without one word it's just some people at times will see them they'll just be stunned they will see you do something that they'll think whoa I never could have done that and it could be just an act of kindness we don't know what it is but the Holy Spirit knows and he will let you know but that those paragraphs which are on your slide there you'd be able to look in the catechism and it's beautiful how it's described the next third part of the participation in Christ's mission is called kingly and there's a very lovely quote in the catechism by St. Ambrose and he says yes we do participate in Jesus' mission even from a kingly standpoint because he says we govern we really do and our chief realm for us to govern Ambrose says is a governance of ourselves he says what king is really worthy who cannot govern himself and you'll find it right in that par- in the paragraphs of the catechism that just follow priestly, prophetic, and kingly. I see they're not... Oh, actually, no, I don't think they're right on the slide, but basically, they're right there in the catechism. And there's, there's about three paragraphs for each of these three slides. So all in all, we're just saying, I'm hoping by the end of this day, I thought, what is it above all my goal? What did I want you to walk away with? Above all to know who you are to know that you're adopted that you're beloved and to know that we are truly God's children his creatures and that he is truly God and that is why worship of God is so important that's why prayer keeps us rooted in this reality moment by moment where we don't suddenly begin to think it all depends on us and woe is me because how could I possibly and then so the the main thrust for me was that if you would understand who you are as baptized and redeemed and how although I haven't spoken about the sacrament of confirmation to know that in that sacrament an outpouring of the gifts of the Holy Spirit comes to you to enable this it makes you a more suitable vessel to receive God's gifts that he wishes to give to you and then the Eucharist my prayer is that 
over and over as you participate in the Eucharist you always go and beg the Lord to help you be more aware of the redemption and salvation that is occurring while you're there because you are at every Eucharist standing beneath the cross of Christ as he is pouring out this wonderful salvation coming from the Father for all eternity that will go on and on until the end of time and then there will be no more Mass but while it's going on here there's a celebration in heaven that goes on constantly and the book of Revelation speaks about it and it's this wonderful banquet in which the celebration of the victory of Christ over the devil and the celebration of his freeing us goes on every single day every single second right while I'm talking right now how many masses are there going on in this whole world you can connect with them all you just have to just keep thinking because you're part of that body that's at that mass over there somewhere in China you're there there isn't any mass that you're not there and there's also no mass where you are present that all those who've gone before us aren't present what an amazing thing so when you walk out my hope is that you wake up in the morning tomorrow and you just realize a little more and that's what this whole year is about more awareness of just the wonder of who you are that you are God's child beloved favored but not favored to be exclusive favored because he so mercifully longs for you there isn't anybody here who's an exception to this we're all blessed and what is really wonderful is we're all unique and so you're going to have an effect on somebody that I couldn't possibly and all of that is all in God's great plan next time we come together Jane Gunther is coming here and we're going to talk about our gifts but we're talking about our gifts not for you to think oh wow these are my gifts so what if your pastor asks you to do something that's not on the list for you <laughs> and that's where what Archbishop said is so important to remember because whatever this inventory shows of what some of your primary gifts are that does not mean that that's all you are or who you are it gives you a little insight into yourself perhaps beyond where you might be at the moment but your family your friends the people at your table can probably tell you some more that you don't even know about so the last slide I have is to say here's our goal and here's our chief and ultimately in Jesus through Jesus with Jesus we will be led to the Father and we will bring so many there and each of those people whom we're meeting right now will hopefully be right there joining us in bringing others to Christ and will we not rejoice together we surely do now and I'm thinking just looking at you of all your beloved deceased people and saying they know what we haven't yet seen and yet they could t if they could tell you oh my I love what St. Paul said I has not seen nor has ear heard what God has prepared for those who love him that's a promise and it's for all of us thank you for your attention